Welcome to the Vibrant MD Podcast, where we discuss weight loss, women's health, and food. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Awad, a family doctor and certified weight loss coach. This podcast is informational, but is not meant as medical advice. Anything you want to change after listening should be discussed with your own doctor and personal medical team. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Hi there, my vibrant friend. I am glad to be with you here today. So one wonderful thing that happened this week was as I'm unpacking boxes in my new place, I found my podcasting microphone. So I did label some boxes really well and others not so much. You get in a rush at the end there and you just got to find stuff by tearing open boxes and seeing what's there. So anyway, happy to be using my microphone again. Well, today I wanted to go out on a limb and tell you what not to eat. Now, this is important both for good health and for weight loss, and you know I love it when those two things come together. So the thing is that generally healthcare people and especially dietitians are always wanting to tell you just add more of these good things. But I'm a family doctor, and I also like to tell you here are some ideas of things that you could add to your eating life uh, that would be great. But I'm willing to also tell you these are some things you should stop eating or reduce the amount of times you eat them in a week or a month or a year. I did do a recent podcast where I had a dietitian on and we talked about her favorite anti-inflammatory foods to add into your eating regimens. But sometimes we want people to tell us what to avoid. So I'm going to talk about pro-inflammatory foods today. And there are just a few of them that you need to know about, but they are good for you to know about. So let's put together our good health and our weight loss journey by avoiding pro-inflammatory foods. Now, what does inflammation cause? As adults, we all have some grade of inflammation. And what we want to do is lower the level of this in general. We want to keep it as low as possible, and we do this by eating foods that keep our inflammation low. Now, when we eat pro-inflammatory foods and when we have higher inflammation, this can cause disease. And this is something we're definitely hearing more in the popular press, which is great. And doctors are telling their patients when they have a new disease that lowering their inflammation can help make things better. So what does inflammation cause? It causes many different kinds of cancer. It's a known cause of heart disease. Also, type 2 diabetes, arthritis, or any of the diseases that cause aching joints. And also, if you have aching joints that are not diagnosed as a certain kind of arthritis, inflammation causes all of these and makes them all worse. Inflammation is a known culprit in depression and Alzheimer's disease. So I'm not saying that your bad eating is causing your depression. Depression is caused by many things, including genetics and trauma and many different factors. But what I do want to say is that by eating a less inflammatory eating style, that you can get some amount of relief. So just like the people who have arthritis, they still have arthritis if they eat an anti-inflammatory diet. But when they eat inflammatory foods, they get more pain. It can be the same thing with depression and other mental health issues. 
when you're eating inflammatory foods, you may experience more emotional pain. So here are the inflammatory foods to avoid. Number one is refined sugar. So refined sugar is things like table sugar. It's things like added sugar. When you're looking at a nutrition label, not eating grapes or eating fruits or vegetables. Those have natural sugars, which are fine. And as a full package, there's fiber, there's a natural sugars. Your body processes this just fine. But when you add table sugar to things, when you're eating a cookie, when you are eating something that has added sugar in it, that is inflammatory. So those things will raise your blood sugar a lot, which causes also an insulin spike. And insulin is your fat storage hormone. People in my program will frequently tell me, well, I lowered the amount of refined sugar I have because I want to lose weight. And when that happened, my knees felt better. I always thought that when you got to be 40 that your knees just hurt when you went up and down the stairs, but now my knees don't hurt anymore. Another thing I wanna bring up about refined sugar is that I like to do a quarterly sugar detox for a week where I have no sugar at all. Now in the past, I used to do this because I was a real sugar fiend and I thought of myself as having a sweet tooth and I would be eating a lot of sugar, so I would want to stop for a week just to get my cravings to subside. And then usually I would work myself up into eating a lot of sugar again. Now I really like to do a quarterly sugar detox because it gets me to look at the packages that I have in my pantry. You know, I mostly cook natural foods, but there are things that I use. Cans of tomatoes, taco seasoning mix, and so once a quarter, I look at all those things as I pull them out to make food and make sure that they haven't added sugar. The reason this is really important to do is that three quarters of packaged foods have added sugar in them now. And you may have heard me tell this story before. I used to buy three different taco seasonings and then I did a sugar detox and found that one of them had sugar in it. So I quit buying that one. Fast forward one year later, I'm doing a sugar detox again. And okay, maybe my family eats tacos really frequently. But I looked and a second one of those taco seasoning mixes added sugar to it. So now I have one taco seasoning that I eat because it doesn't have added sugar. So that's why I do it now quarterly, just to kind of take an inventory of what I have in the house and has anybody snuck added sugar into my food again? Oh, the other thing I always have to look at is my jarred spaghetti sauce, because even within one brand, there will be some that have added sugar and some that don't. And I want mine to have no added sugar. But I do keep jarred spaghetti sauce on hand because sometimes you just don't have time to make a homemade sauce or you just don't want to. And it's a nice thing to have on hand. On to the next one. So the next thing to watch out for that is inflammatory are products made from flour. So yes, all the kinds of flour, white flour, wheat flour, bean flour, gluten-free flour. If you consider what they look like, they're highly refined, made into really small particles, and so those are inflammatory. Some things are obvious, right? Cookies, candy, cake, we know that those things should be limited anyway. Part of it's the sugar, but part of it is the flour. Most of our breads, 
even our wheat breads are made with flour and are inflammatory. What kind of bread is not going to be as inflammatory? Something made with ancient grains, something that's made with almond meal instead of almond flour, uh, something that's sprouted. These kinds of breads are going to be less inflammatory. So you will get more arthritis pain if you eat those. They will limit your weight loss journey. Okay, here we go on to number three, cured meats. So I used to have this friend at work who we were talking about our favorite foods and she said her favorite thing to eat was cured meats. And I had never met anyone who said that before, but what I will tell you is that cured meats are also inflammatory. So what we're talking about here are your hot dogs, your sausages, your cured bacons. You'll notice now that some of the grocery stores will sell uncured meats that are similar to that cured one. Those are better because the cured meats are made in such a way that causes inflammation when we eat them. So now I'm thinking back to this friend that I don't see anymore because we work together in a different state. And I'm hoping that she has moved on from the cured meat lifestyle because I will tell everyone that these are foods to avoid. The last category I'm going to talk about today is unhealthy fats and fried foods. These are also known to be inflammatory. I'm not going to go deep into these and the history of us eating them, but margarine, shortening, and lard are unhealthy fats. There are many good healthy fats that you can replace these with, including olive oil, avocado oil, any of the nuts and seed oils. Some people like macadamia oil. I have not tried that one. I like sesame oil because the flavor is nice. A yogurt is a healthy fat. Most of the time when you get a fried food, it is fried in an unhealthy fat. But even if you fry it in a good oil at home, it's going to be inflammatory. So avoid margarine, avoid shortening, avoid lard because these cause inflammation. And there are many other good choices. Fried foods are going to definitely cause more inflammation and are definitely going to slow down your weight loss journey. At this point in time, if you think about something that you like that's fried, think about how often do I really want to have that if I'm on my weight loss journey? So for me, I really like French fries and I have them about twice a year now and I'm super happy with that. It works for me. It's something that I like. I have not told myself I'm never going to eat French fries again, but I just don't need to have them that often for them to be great. So think about that for yourself, but definitely avoid the unhealthy fats. So not a long podcast today, but I just wanted to get out there and tell you that inflammatory foods should be avoided. I wanted to tell you which ones they are so that you can avoid them or really reduce the amount of times you have them in your month or your year. You will feel better. You will be able to lose weight more easily if you avoid these. So if you didn't get to listen to that podcast that I did recently about anti-inflammatory foods, the goal of that one was for people to find some ideas of things that they could add in to have a healthier lifestyle and more easy weight loss. And I hope that what I've listed here today gives you some ideas on things that you might want to reduce and reconsider if you're having them regularly, if you want to lose weight, and if you want to feel better and reduce your risk of disease. So 
really all this is just the win-win-win all the way around. We want to avoid cancer. We want to avoid heart disease. We want our mental health to be better. We want to avoid diabetes type 2. We want to avoid arthritis. We want to reduce our risk of Alzheimer's. So I challenge you to experiment with getting rid of some of these inflammatory foods, even if you just try it for a week and see, do I feel better? Does this make a difference in my weight loss journey? Is there something that I've been eating that might be holding me back? And please reach out to me and let me know what you think about this. Let me know how your experiment went. I'd love to hear about it. So avoiding inflammatory foods, it's nothing but wins on this one. So take care and have a great day. I wanted to let you know about some new resources available at my website, vibrant-md.com. There you can download the six steps I recommend for every weight loss journey. Now, if you are just starting out, this will really give you a great jump start. If you're already losing weight, I recommend getting this download to see if you have my six essential steps because it can make your whole weight loss journey even more powerful. Some of you are thinking, I'm ready to go, I'm committed, and I would like a guide. I am your woman, so go to the vibrant-md.com website and you can actually sign up to work with me immediately. I have openings now and there is a seven-day money-back guarantee, so there's really no risk. Now, if you're thinking, I have some special circumstances and I'm not sure about this, there is also a spot to get on my calendar and you and I can have a conversation to see if working together would be a good fit for you because we should only work together if it's gonna be a good fit for you. Again, that's at the website, vibrant-md.com.